Welcome back to The Vessel, where we discuss the highs and sometimes lows of getting to know God. I'm your host, Leanne, and we have made it to episode seven, All Hail the Queen, Queen Esther. So today we're going to talk a little bit about the book of Esther and who Queen Esther was. And um, before we get into our lesson today, I want to start with a, a quick wellness check just to check in on everybody, see how everybody's doing. Um, as we're still in the quarantine because of uh, the coronavirus. So uh, I'm finally kind of finding my groove of routine. I've started going into the office a little more for work, um, just trying to create that balance between home life and work life and that separation between the two. So um, it was getting a little difficult to be productive while at home. So, um, you know, made the transition to work uh, going in a few days out of the week. Um, and that has been very helpful. So um, um, I'm happy about that. And so just finally feeling like normal again. I know that um, things are different, but it's just, I'm kind of in a routine now. And I hope that you guys are, are getting to that point as well. Um, you know, and, and hope, hopefully you're maintaining your sanity and uh, just getting things done as you have the, the opportunity to do so. And just a quick bit of encouragement don't be so hard on yourself um you know get what you can done and and do it and move on and that's all that we can do so uh, thank you to all the essential workers out there that are still grinding um going in and doing uh the work that you do we are uh, so appreciative of those things that you you're doing for the world so thank you all right so queen esther uh esther is one of my favorite books of the bible i was introduced to it uh, a couple years back, uh, shout out to Miss Taylor for the Bible study that she hosted um, that I attended where I really we were really able to dive into um, into this book and really get a good understanding of um, of who Esther was. The, the name of the book that we were doing uh, the Bible study with was um, I think it's like it's tough being a woman. I'm, I'm, I think it's by Beth Moore. And so. It was really good to be able, we had a study guide to go along with it. So it was a great read and uh, really intrigued me. And so it stuck with me since then. So um, I wanted to kind of use this time to talk a little bit about how uh, Esther is even still, the story of Esther is even still relevant today. So we're going to talk about who Queen Esther is, talk about her value, and then also some common themes that we see throughout the book and how we can relate it to uh, our lives today. So let's uh, let's do that. I, I don't want to spend too much time um, doing a complete summary of the book because it's tons of details in it. Um, so I would definitely highly encourage you to go and read it. It's a great read. It's not too long. Uh, it'd be a great study for you to do um, if you wanted to begin that. But um, I'm going to hit the highlights of the book and, and then just again talk about uh, some of the things that I that I've uh, pulled out of it and what it really means to me. So we'll start with the opening scene of the book of Esther. And if you're familiar with it, um, I'm going to give you a, a, a quick synopsis of uh, just kind of who who Esther is. So Queen Esther um, and I refer to her as Esther, but her birth name was Hadessa. She was a Jewish girl. Um, her family, um, you know, they were coming to the time period in which Esther took place is right after the Babylonian exile. And so they were they were some of the Jews went back to Jerusalem and some stayed in Persia in a city called Susa. Um, and so this is where um, Hadessa or Queen Esther was. And she was an orphan child. Her both her parents 
uh, died early on. So she was pretty much raised by her cousin, Mordecai. So we're going to talk a little bit about Mordecai later, but uh, Mordecai kind of took her under his wing and helped raise her and all of that. So here we have this young woman, um, beautiful as they described her in the scripture. Um, and so the opening scene of the book is uh, where King Xerxes, who was the who was the king um, of Persia during this time, he was at this he had hosted this banquet and celebration. Um, and so they were drinking wine and all kinds of things, you know, having a good old time. And uh, the opening scene shows us he was married to Queen Vashti. Uh, Queen Vashti, that's a story within itself, I think. And I think a lot of us ladies can can um, relate to Queen Vashti because how it starts off, uh, the king sent for her to come out uh, to be seen. And he wanted to pretty much parade her around in front of all of his friends and all the men that were there at that party and just show her off how beautiful she was and just kind of do this weird thing where, you know, just kind of showing her off. And so when the servants went to go get her and, and tell her that the king had summoned her, she pretty much said, no, I'm not coming. I'm refusing to come out there and be showboated around like some kind of trophy, I suppose. That's how I interpret it. I'm sure they didn't say it that way, but uh, that's how I interpret it. And so, um, of course, as we know, during this time, that was uh, unheard of for you not to come when you're beckoned, uh, especially by the king and you're his wife, the, the queen of Persia. And so... Um, long story short, he asked his servants, you know, what should I do? And the servant said, well, if you allow this woman to, uh, disobey you, that's going to send a message to all the other men in the city that this is, uh, this is acceptable. So we need to get rid of her. So, you know, didn't take much. So she's no longer queen. So she, they got rid of her. So now the king needs a new queen. And that's how we get to, uh, to Esther. Esther, uh, they went out in, in the city to search for all these girls. They were pulling girls left and right. And, and remember that Esther was a young lady. So, um, young virgin woman and so she was hot commodity during this time right uh, unfortunately it's a lot of problematic things that's happening right now uh, if we think about it um, but fast forward Esther is picked up taken to the palace along with several other women young girls um, to be to go through this process of of basically being groomed to be a queen and so the king had the chance to uh, call each one of them in and then pick his choice and ultimately he picked uh, Queen Esther. There's a lot of other things, you know, within that process, but for the sake of time, Queen Esther was chosen. So now she's the queen. All right. And so before she went, Mordecai told them, uh, told Esther, Esther, don't tell them your ethnicity. Don't tell them that you're Jewish. That could be a bad thing. Don't tell them that I want you to go by the name Esther. Okay. Um, not Hadessa, because that's a direct indication of who you are and who your family is. Um, you know, is. And so she did that. And, and so they knew her as, as Esther. So one of the things um, that come up to me uh, within the book of Esther, there are a couple key events that happened. Um, Mordecai overheard um, two eunuchs talking about how they were going to assassinate uh, the king. So he overheard this in the city. And so he sent word uh, to the people in, in the palace that, you know, these eunuchs were planning to poison the king and kill him. And so after all of that happened, they got rid of the two eunuchs that did that. And it was because of Mordecai's message that he sent. And so at this point, no one knew it was Mordecai that um, pretty much saved the king's life. And so the king had pretty much promoted his one of his servants, Haman, uh, up to one of these top spots that he had. So Haman, this evil man, prideful man, we're going to talk about him a lot 
um, is now in this position of power of some sort. And so um, pretty much Haman was uh, doing all these things. He hated that when he would come out to the city, Mordecai would never bow down to him or, you know, reverence his, his presence, presence. And that would eat him up. That would eat him up. And so all of that happening, Mordecai then felt this rage against Mordecai and all of his people, all the Jewish people. So he had, um, he had this gallow, this structure built near his home because he was so upset with him that he did not give him the reverence that he needed, that he thought he deserved. And so he had already made up his mind. He, he was plotting to kill not only Mordecai, but all of, all of Mordecai's people. Now, Let's rewind. What does that mean for Esther? How does Esther play a role in this? Well, if you kill all the Jews, that means you're going to kill Esther too, because remember, she's Jewish. And so um, Mordecai sent a message to Esther in the palace. And this is what it said. Um, a little context. Esther had not been called for about 30 days to go see the king. You know, he had not summoned for her or anything like that. So kind of a strange dynamic there, but um, that, that just gives you a little context about what I'm about to talk about now. So one of the most um, famous lines in Esther is in chapter four. Um, in chapter four, verse 14, uh, we see here where Mordecai sends a message to Esther. Very important. It says, if you keep silent at a time like this, relief and deliverance will come to the Jewish people from another place. But you and your father's family will be destroyed. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. My goodness. So what he's saying is, listen, Haman wants us dead. He wants to kill us. He's plotting to kill us. This is what's going to happen. I need you to use your platform, use your position um, within this palace to, to save your people. And so, you know, if I think about that, that's that's a tall glass right there that you have to kind of meditate on and see what are you going to do? How am I going to do this? Um, and so Esther, you know, thinking about it, thinking about what, you know, the information that she's just got. And I think her response is beautiful. Her response is in, in verse 15. She says this, Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go and assemble all the Jews who can be found in Susa and fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days, nights or day. And any female and I and my female servants will also fast in the same way. After that, I will go to the king, even if it's against the law. If I perish, I perish. Wow. So what this tells me, this is one of those themes that I was talking about earlier. It says this. Um, when she replied to Mordecai, she told him to tell everybody to fast with her. So to me, what that's telling me is you have to be intentional about your pursuit to hear from God. When something is laid in your lap, something big, something that you have, you're about to have to sacrifice even your life for. I want to hear directly from God because this is risky. OK, and I don't know, you know, what would be the equivalent to that in modern times, but maybe you have, or maybe, uh, you know, this will happen to you where you will be in a position to, to speak up, to step up, to, to help someone. And it may be a big sacrifice for you, but it could save someone else. And so she said, if I perish, I perish. So if I die doing this, I die. Because remember it was not, uh, it was not common for you to go to the King without being summoned. Okay. Did we not see that in the opening chapter when Queen Vashti was summoned to see the king and she refused to come? What happened to her? Right. 
So here we are with this, this new dynamic where Queen Esther is planning to go see the king without being called. And that was also against the law, too. She says in the scripture right there, even if it's against the law for me to do this, if I die, I die. But I'm dying doing what, I, what I've been called to do. And so that's that's a that's a huge lesson here um, when we talk about the book of Esther and who Esther was. To me, that also tells about her character. Um, she's loyal. She's loyal to her people. And she also, again, she wants to know if this is if this is a part of the will of God. So she's listening. She's fasting. She's really focused on hearing it. Now, here's here's another piece of this of Esther. A fun fact. God is never directly mentioned by name in Esther, anywhere in Esther, in the book of Esther. God is not mentioned by name. But can't you feel his presence already? His presence is ever so is ever so, you know, relevant in this book of Esther. And so I think it, it speaks volumes to who she is and who she is as a follower of Christ. Um, and so here we are where Esther is now preparing to go and approach the king about saving her people um, against Haman, who was his, who was the king's right hand man. So she plans this banquet and she goes to the king. And the only way to be acknowledged uh, by the king is if he extends his golden scepter to you. And so she was nervous about that, but long story short, she did it. And he said, you know, whatever you want, my queen, you can have it, whatever your request is, even if it's half of the kingdom, it's yours. Okay. And so this was her opportunity to do it. So she invited the king and Haman to this banquet that she had, that she had prepared for the next day. So that night, the king, um, the king couldn't really sleep, you know, tossed and turned. So he, you know, summoned for him somebody to bring him the book of the, the law, the book of the um, of all the laws. And so he was reading through some of the the edicts that were in there. So some of the laws that had been written and, and decrees and, and all of that. And he noticed that um, he saw where Mordecai was listed that Mordecai was the Jewish man who had sent word um, to them that the two eunuchs were out to kill the king, which we knew that happened, but no one ever acknowledged that it was actually Mordecai that did it. So the king asked his, uh, his, his servant there, he said, did we ever do anything to celebrate Mordecai or anything like that? And they told him no. So he commanded um, for them to go find Mordecai, put him in the nicest robe, put him on a horse, parade him around, celebrate him. And guess who had to do that? Yes, Haman. The one who was so prideful and thought he had all this power and had already plotted to kill, you know, uh, to kill Mordecai because he wouldn't bow down to him when he saw him and all these things. And so now he's having to parade this man around for saving the king's life. OK, that's strike one. OK, so that happened. So now, you know, Haman is really his blood is really boiling. He's really boiling. And so they got to the banquet that um, Esther had prepared and she you know, he asked, you know, what is it that you want? What's your request? And so she wasn't ready to say it then uh, once again. And so she prepared another little party or whatever, and invited both of them again. And at that one, that's when she um, revealed her request. And she she pretty much said it straight out. She said, Haman, you know, pretty much is planning to kill me and my people. This is her revealing her ethnicity. This is her saying that now she's Jewish, you know, and all of this. So that's being unveiled and um we're seeing that you know she's wanting the king to save them and she mentioned about Mordecai so now the king remember he's just recognized that Mordecai was the one who tried to save him and all of these things so he walks away the king he's upset with this information that he's gotten but he comes back and he pretty much tells Haman you gotta go sir 
you, I'm not tolerating this. You got to go. So they, um, pretty much got rid of Haman. And the, the funny thing about it is the very gallow that Haman had built to murder and kill Mordecai with is the same gallow he was hung from for disobeying and doing these, these crazy things, um, to the person who saved the King's life. So we see how God really turned it around, um, for, for Esther. And it was because of Esther's courageous, um, you know, mindset to, to say, okay, I'm going to do this. Even if it costs me my life, I'm going to make this request. I have to save my people from, um, this, this, this plot to be killed. Um, and so we see here where Esther has stood in the gap for her people, um, her faith and her intentionality to hear from God really spoke volumes to me. Um, you know, to be able to fast and really want to, to feel God's presence in this decision and this decision that she has to make. Am I going to do this? Am I going to risk my life to go to the king and ask him? He hadn't even called me to come see me in over 30 days. And here I am going to him without even being called. And so we see these different parallels and this foreshadowing and an irony all throughout um, Esther. We see it where Vashti refuses to come when she's called, but then Esther shows up when she's not called. Okay, then you see it where the honor of the king goes to Mordecai instead of going to Haman, which he thought he was being celebrated when, in fact, the king wanted to celebrate Mordecai for essentially saving his life. Um, And then also at the very end, as I just mentioned, uh, with Mordecai being celebrated at the end, Haman was being hung on the very gallow that was meant for Um, meant for Mordecai, man, God will sure make your enemy your footstool. And we see this right here in the book of Esther. Um, And it's it's so crazy, but this is part of the reason why I really like Esther, you know, as as dramatic as this is, we're talking life and death during these times. That's just what it was. Okay. Um, But I think we can learn a lot from, um, from Esther and what she did. Sometimes it's going to be scary. Sometimes you're going to be faced with, um, you know, this, these decisions that, you have to figure out, okay, how am I, how can I use my position and where I am to better someone else or to help someone else? And I think we can look at that even in our everyday lives. Are we willing to go out on the limb to, uh, to be elevated? And that's, and that's what it is. But we have to, I think the key in that is our prayer lives. How connected are we to God? How, how, how bad do we want to know what he wants from us? How do we stay within the will of God? And I, you know, I have to really ask myself that too, is, you know, am I, am I, do I really want to know what God thinks? Do I really want to know what to do? Yeah, I do. But what does it take to get there? I think you have to really be strong in your prayer, in your prayers. And, um, you have to be very specific and and you, you also want to solicit help. Esther solicited help from, from her other, uh, other Jewish people and her, and her cousin Mordecai, you know, I need y'all's help. I need the power to really, you know, I need the, the support through this process so that I can make sure I'm doing the right thing. And at the end of the day, if I perish, I perish. And that's my, that's my decision. If I die, I die. I know I'm going to die doing what I felt I was called to do. And so with that leads me to my um, final questions. And, you know, I always try to leave with something to ponder, something to think about throughout the week. And my question is, you know, after talking a little bit about Esther, the book of Esther, what lessons can you take from Esther? And then finally, has God ever petitioned you? Um, has God ever petitioned for you to make a huge sacrifice 
or take a stand beyond your own comfort. So have you ever been felt positioned, uh, petitioned uh, to make a huge sacrifice or take a stand beyond your own comfort? So just take that with you throughout this week and ponder on that and meditate on that. Um, and y'all be safe and take care. And until next time, peace. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed the last episode. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and click that subscribe button so you can get all the notifications of the new episodes. Thanks for listening.